What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Knicks Recap Podcast. We are live. I'm your host, Troy, and joining me today, a very, very special guest. You might know him because if you type in Knicks right now, he's going to come up. SNY Sports Anchor also does anchoring as well, too, for the New York Post. He's also the host of the NBA Exchange and he also, he covers a lot of the CBS sports stuff as well as W fan as well. You got to know him. You got to love him. My man, Dexter Henry. What's going on, man? Thank you so much for joining the show, Dex. I'm so happy to have you on, buddy. What's up, Troy, man? It's good. It's good to be back. We did this about a year ago. I'm glad to be back with you. I've been watching your, your growth. Um, I think it's beautiful. And, I, you know, I always show love to a lot of people in the Knicks content creation community. And I love what you guys do. So, Glad to have you on because I'm really excited because basketball is back officially next week, man. So I'm excited. Let's go. You know, it's it's a funny thing that you say that basketball is back because it felt like we just saw a little bit of basketball our, ourselves right in the preseason games. And <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of that really is going to play into what we're going to talk about now. And for everybody looking on the screen right now, you guys see it. Loss, win, loss, loss. Four preseason games. Three out of the four was a loss. Now, some people, not me, but some people may over-exaggerate with this, right, Dex? Some people take preseason to mean mm-hmm. a little bit more than necessary. Here's, take it a little seriously, yeah. Right, right, you know, and I think, I think there's certain things that you, you probably shouldn't have to take as serious. I don't think certain things you should. But there is something I want to talk about, Dex. It's the, yes. it's the defense. And, you know, yeah. you speak to Zach Braziller a lot. He's one of my favorite guys to interview as well. And yep. he spoke about it in terms of the three-point defense and the perimeter defense. That's something to me that just looks the same as last year. If it's not a repeat, it's very, very similar. And for me, that scares me a little bit because I don't know exactly what we're going to get from this team on that end if it repeats itself from last year. We saw these four preseason games. Before I get to what you, what you like, which may be a few things, I kind of want to get to mm-hmm. that defensive end uh, aspect that I was talking about. Did you feel what I felt from the defensive end with this team? Are you as concerned as I am? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about my level of concern today before I was talking to you and also because um, I'll be talking with some other people this weekend about this, right? And I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to about that. Now, I'm going to be fully transparent. I did not watch the Wizards game where they gave up, a, uh, was it buck 30, buck 31 to the Wizards. Jordan Poole goes off. I didn't watch it live, but I did, being the basketball junkie that I am, I did rewatch. Uh, I did rewatch um, later, later the day after because I was at the Liberty game last night. And look, it did not look good, man. Troy, it did not look good at all. The effort has been good. There, here's why here's why it's hard to gauge in the preseason right and why you were mentioning this why you can't get too crazy this is particularly this preseason right there were back-to-backs in this preseason which myself and Stefan Bondi we've talked about this being ridiculous there's back-to-backs and and I think that's a problem so you didn't really ever have the full rotation we saw on Tuesday night in Boston the Knicks basically didn't play anybody they were playing the B team out there you get it where this is what I'll say where it's disappointing is Tom Thibodeau talked about this. All the players talked about this. The fourth game is supposed to be the dress rehearsal before they go and play the Celtics in the opener. And what you want to see is effort. You want to see effort in the rotations. You didn't see it from the Knicks last night. You're not seeing guys fight over screens. That is concerning. 
if you ask me what my level of concern was on a scale of one to 10, Troy, I'd probably say it's about five or six. I'm not overly concerned, but I don't, I don't think Knicks fans are crazy for being somewhat concerned because last year, this team ranked 19th in defensive rating. That's not the staple of what you know a Tom Thibodeau team to be, right? And this, this is what Nick Tom Thibodeau teams generally hang their hat on. Now, the Knicks have some players that are good defenders, but I think what hurt them last year is we know Jalen Brunson, because of his size, has some limitations on, def- on defense. Right. Who, the person that's got to be better defensively for me, for the Knicks, in that main rotation, is R.J. Barrett. Okay, a lot of people worried about RJ's offense, his shooting. My concern more was we saw the defense slip last year. He wasn't as aggressive. He wasn't fighting. The defense definitely slipped. All the advanced numbers show this. He's got to be better. And so here's the hope that you got to hope if you're a Knicks fan before Wednesday night. Are these guys going to take what happened? I know it's a preseason game. I understand it's preseason game number four. You can't get too crazy. But are they going to take that personally? They have time to right this ship. So, yeah, the concern is mild because I think you saw last year 19th ranked in defense, as I said. Yeah. Obviously, this team was was ranked was a third, third in offense. A lot of that was not because of shooting, because of rebounding and their ability to get to the free throw line. Right. I'll get to that later. That's actually one of the things I still see consistent with this team that I like. But defense, they've got to be better. If they are going to be a top four team in the East, I think they've got to get that defense above league average. They've got to, you know, even if the defense is around, 12 or 11 let's say they make that kind of jump right that now you're cooking and they can keep the offensive rate somewhere in the top 10 still now you're cooking that's that's the mark of a really good team um so yeah i think there's some concern am i overly concerned no because i trust the coach i trust some of the talent they have defensively they have the talent to be a good defensive team they just have to go out there and execute it that's the thing execution and the execution part for me has to do with yeah. where the players are on the floor and the position that they're put in. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen a little bit of R.J. Barrett, to your point, slip on defense. Now, for me, I think the reason for that is, is he was moved to the three. And I think we saw with FIBA, he's a way better player mm. or a more comfortable player at the two. Do you think the players on the roster are put in a position where they can succeed with Thibs, or do you think he's running out the roster based on who he believes will fit in those roles best? That's a good question. And see, what's tough on this team is Grimes is a much better defender than him, right, at the right. two. Like, I think Grimes is one of the, one of the better on-ball defenders in the league. Um, and I think he won a lot of Nick fans over. We saw that strip he had on Jimmy Butler. Um, I'm forgetting which game that was in the playoffs. That was game four, I believe. Right. And, you know, even after he hurt his, his, his uh, hamstring. And so... It's a good question you asked, Troy, and I'm thinking about it because Barrett, again, and it's tough to judge because the FIBA game is so different from the NBA game. Right. So, and you're also allowed to be a lot more physical as well, too. So, you know, it's a little bit different. Barrett has a size where he should be playing at the three and should be able to defend some other threes, traditional threes, pretty well. Um, I think players are put in good positions to succeed. I think... I'm not ducking your question on this, but I think the thing when I think about the Knicks, right, is are, is Tibbs going to be willing to expand roles a little bit more for players to succeed, particularly on offense, right? Now, I was, ta- I was talking to Stefan Bondi about this the other day. We This was after the Boston preseason game. Grimes obviously had a great game there, and I, was, I asked him, 
hey, well, do we think Grimes is poised to have a really good season this year? Can he make a jump in this game? Because I think he's got the talent to do it. And we saw what he can do with the ball in his hands. And we saw that a couple of years ago in Summer League, although that was Summer League. I think that, okay, but like, is Tibbs going to let him cook a little bit? when he's maybe playing with some guys in the second unit and give him some opportunities to play make. I think that's the more of the question, or is he going to be stuck into a very, which we Knicks fans know and saw and media like myself watched and saw very ISO heavy basketball, right? That's my thing. I'm watching for the Knicks on offense. When you talk about putting players in positions to succeed. Okay. How does the offense evolve? Are we going to see, I've had some critiques of Tibbs's offense. I think sometimes it looks very archaic. Yeah. I think that there's got to be more action, more movement that frees up players like Grimes, but also gives them the options to, you know, handle and, and make plays like we've seen quickly. Like just quickly get a little bit more playmaking ability. I think those are the things I want to see. I think the thing is this team, people know their roles right. because of the continuity that's there, but you don't want to be predictable particularly on all you don't want to be predictable and that's maybe my concern in terms of letting people succeed troy is is the offense still going to be predictable or is it going to open up where you allow a grind you allow quickly to flourish a little bit more and that takes some pressure off of brunson off of randall and i think those things could be good for this nick team if tibbs allows that to happen and you know even though it is preseason uh dex one of the things that tom thibodeau did according to dale and brunson was send a direct and clear message to the mm. locker room and also the the team in regards to he didn't like what he saw. And I think that has to do with the defensive effort, definitely, yep. but effort in general. So they have about six days or so left in order to get themselves right before they face Boston, that home opener, uh, I believe on October 25th. So that's going to be a great game. Obviously, we're going to wait to see that. But a lot of questions have come up, especially from you know fans of the show. They've really asked, in terms of the New York Knicks, Will they be active mm-hmm. during the uh, trade deadline? And one of the main yeah. one of the main reasons this comes up, Dex, is because you see the man over there, Evan Fournier. He really doesn't have a clear cut role with the team. I know he's played a little bit more with preseason, um, which, in my opinion, is done to really get his value up because I don't think he's going to get really much more time to play during the season when Thibs cuts the rotation to probably a nine man rotation again. So. I think that given the players that they have and the IQ situation is going to be very interesting because if they don't extend him and you have Evan Fournier there, then I might think even more so that a trade deadline move could potentially be possible. What's your thoughts and, you know, your opinion on the Knicks potentially being active during the trade deadline this year? I, so I think more of it depends on what else goes on in the league <laughs> than it actually does the Knicks. Like so much of so much of this stuff depends on because we got like, we always have to, like wh- like what and who are we talking about here when we talk about trades, right? And so if we're not dancing around the issue, we know there's a big man down in Philadelphia that's playing in a place where there's a lot of drama. And is he gonna be fed up with all this nonsense that's going on with James Harden who wants out and can they when when does James Harden get moved? I think that's the first domino that has to drop. The other thing I think people should watch, and I don't have any information on this, but I'm just saying this as a basketball fan, I think people should keep an eye on it. Keep your eye close on what's going on in Dallas, um, how that Luka and Kyrie thing works out, okay? Like, I think that's something to keep your eye on, too. But Embiid's probably the more, the Philly situation's more uh, to do. So I think what the Knicks, the position they're in, they're in a position to make a trade 
at the deadline. And I assume, Troy, I just want to be clear. I assume you're talking about trading for a star. That, that's what you're talking about, trading for a star? Absolutely. I think because, well, yeah. I mean, that's what the rumors at least have been in regards to a man. Right. Quickly, they want to try to flip him for a star. So that would be the assumption, yeah. Right. And so if they extend Emmanuel quickly, obviously they, they they wouldn't be able to trade him for a year. You don't have that flexibility um, that you that you normally would have. And so I think an IQ deal is going to get done. I do think it's I think the IQ deal is going to get done, though. Um, I think Fournier is like I don't know if the Knicks land a star this. I think it's more likely the Knicks land a star next offseason. I then they do it this year at the trade deadline. But anything can happen. I think a lot of what the Knicks do, the point I was making before is a lot has to do with what else goes on around the league. Somebody else is going to get disgruntled. It could be, it could be uh, Joel Embiid. It could be Luka Doncic. It could be somebody else. You never know. The Knicks are in a very good position. I've been saying this for the last two seasons. They're in a good position to be patient. I think they've done everything right up to this point. They've got some decent young players. They've got picks. They're, uh, good culture around the team right now right with like Knicks fans and media we're not talking about anything crazy with this team right now that's a good we're talking about the fact we didn't like their defensive effort in the fourth preseason game that's a good thing Knicks fans have seen worse right they've had other <laughs> things to talk about that they've got to worry about so I think they're in this great position I, if, if you like I said gun to my head I'd say it's more likely next offseason well, who knows? Things change in the NBA so quick. And I think a lot really has to decide on what happens in Philly and how does, and if, depending on what they get in return, how they play and how Joel Embiid feels about all this stuff. Cause I'm thinking if you're him, you gotta be fed up with everything that's been going on there. And listen, the Knicks have the assets to go do that. It just comes down to what they're going to give up. What I think is more likely though, Troy, is the Knicks, I think the Knicks can play well. We'll get into what we think they can do this season. I think they can play well. Right. I think they could be, they'll be in the playoff race, you know, come to trade deadline. And Evan Fournier is somebody who could go flip for maybe a position of need. Maybe it's that backup four. Maybe it's it's some other need that the Knicks may need at that time. Um, and I think his contract is going to be very valuable. It's expiring. He can still help a team. You can still see that Evan Fournier can play. He can't guard anybody, but he can play <laughs> offensively. And he can help a team, right? So right. I, I think that can happen. And, you know, he wants to go somewhere. Somebody's going to need some shooting um, and be willing to give up some defense and maybe, you know, give up a couple second rounders or something for Evan Fournier. And the Knicks might get I, – I see a deal like that. I don't I don't see a big deal, but I could be wrong. I think we just – let's get through, like, the first 25 games right. and see what the Knicks are and see what some other teams are. And I think we'll be a little bit clearer on that. You know, it's a funny thing that you mentioned that because I think that's the right uh, course of action to kind of really take a 15, 20 games, kind of see where you're at. I think Tom Thibodeau is always going to do that. He did that last year to an extent. I feel uh -huh. like he'll do that again. But since you mentioned it, I got to ask, uh, because there was uh -huh. a there was a report by uh, FS1 earlier today by uh, Chris Boussard, actually, uh, who said that uh -huh. there's a little bit of a scuttlebutt about Joel Embiid potentially wanting to be a Nick and coming to the New York Knicks. Uh, what's your read on that? Any uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I think again, I think so much has to do with like, <laughs> like we don't like we haven't got this, and we haven't got this through the preseason. Like I really like I will keep wondering like what how does Joel feel about everything going on in Philly? You know, it's been he's the last piece left of the process, right? Like right. he's been all trusted process. He's ball in. I'm not sure the process has served him well there in Philly. 
I think he wants to win. Um, I think he wants to be around other players who are, are, are dogs that want to go for it. You know, the thing with Joel Embiid is he hasn't been healthy. Does he want to come to the Knicks or not? Like, who knows? I think the Knicks should be an attractive destination for him, especially if he's paired with like a Jalen Brunson. I think it should be. I think a Brunson Embiid duo would be fantastic. Um, I, I think Embiid's the kind of guy. I know the injury history is a concern for some people. But I think he's the kind of guy you 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 go all in for. Um, I, I don't think the Knicks will have the trepidation that they had with like a Donovan Mitchell, where I did think the price was a little too high. And I thought I think we talked about this last year. I thought the Knicks did the right thing there. Um, here's the thing about this stuff with trades, Troy, and at this time of year and all this stuff, and we saw this with Damian Lillard right. and everything that goes on. Sometimes you got to believe half of what you you hear, right? Like it, there's a lot of stuff that gets floated out and put out and it's for feelers and to see what's happening. And maybe that's Joel Embiid letting the organization know, like you guys better do right by me and get a good return if you trade Harden. And all. so it, it's really, it's really tough to say. I, I think actions speak louder than words and watch what teams do and watch what happens with Harden. Watch how Daryl Morey moves. Does he try to move Harden before the start of the season to the Clippers? Does he wait this thing out? Like it's it's a it, does Harden wait this thing out and lose game checks? It's a very there's so much in the air before you can get to Joel Embiid. But I'd like to I really like to know what Joel Embiid is feeling. Like that's I really like to know not whether he wants to come to the Knicks. Just is he tired of all this? Like that's kind of that's kind of something I want to know because I think listen here's what I'll say if he's tired of all this and he wants to come to the Knicks, you'll know. We'll find out. Very, it'll be very clear. Put it like that. And you, this is actually bringing me to a, a great point here. Because first of all, I think Joel Embiid on the Knicks, you know, with the connections, everything else like that, it all makes sense. There's a lot of reasons why it it probably shouldn't happen. Uh, them being a division rival is a huge reason. Right, that's a hang-up in that too. Right, yep. and then you got to deal with Daryl Morey as well too, uh, as we know, who really asked for the sun and the moon and the stars when he interacts mm-hmm. with anybody in terms of trade. So you got to ask yourself, do you want to, you know, empty out the entire war chest to get Embiid and then who are you going to pair him up with? So I think there's a lot of questions there, which is why I think the Embiid thing is so interesting and all the reports, I agree with you. I think half of it has to be true. Half of it, it where right. there's smoke, there's fire. So half of it has to be true. And the other half is probably yeah. whatever else you want to believe. The James Harden thing, I don't know what's going on with James Harden. He hasn't showed up to practice. I believe he's not going to show up again. Um, and I don't know how that situation is going to roll out. As, as according to Ramona Shelburne from ESPN, shout out to her. Uh, mm-hmm. She had mentioned that, you know, Joel Embiid's basically waiting for that situation to resolve before he makes a move. So we might. Oh, that, we, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Right, right. Right. So we might actually see a James Harden situation happen. And that might lead to Embiid maybe potentially wanting to get out of there especially if philadelphia does not start the season well and i think you could make an argument that without with losing somebody of a james harden caliber mm-hmm. it could potentially happen but the real question and it comes to mind really here is the star chase and we mm-hmm. mentioned joel Embiid, and that's one name and you know i get that but you know there's other names you know, thanks to stefan bonnie shout out to him another person with the new york post now right uh yep. mentioned carl anthony towns Knicks are monitoring carl anthony towns and apparently He's the most feasible in-season trade that could happen. And with the New York Knicks, the connections, obviously you saw the pregame uh, last time, Leon Rose, Gerson Rosa, who was just promoted to uh, senior VP of basketball operations. Mm-hmm. He called over Cat before the game. 
And they were talking before the game. Julius Randle, Carl Anthony Towns goofing around before the game. And they're Kentucky boys. So it brings up the question, you know, based on everybody you've spoken to. And, you know, we know how many people you speak to on a daily basis, <laughs> given all the videos that you drop. What, have you, what are you hearing in regards to the most realistic star? Is it Cat? Is it Donovan? Is it, is it Joel? I mean, who's the most realistic that you're hearing at this point? I, I, I hear that the, the Knicks' interest is, is highest on Embiid, for sure. Like he's like the highest on the, in, in terms of the, the, the ranking from what things that I've heard. I think the Knicks, which, you know, and the, the reporting there by Stefan Bondi on, on, on this is, uh, shout out to my guy Stefan, it's, I think, accurate. The Knicks are doing their due diligence. They're going to keep tabs on guys, guys they've got connections with. I personally do not love Carl Anthony Towns as a fit for yeah, the Knicks. I agree. I am not necessarily a fan of that move. But here's the thing. If you were to ask me of those names you just mentioned at midseason, if we're talking about a mid-season trade, what's the most realistic? It would be Cap because I think the Wolves kind of look at this year as, all right, this is Anthony Edwards' team where we're trying to go in this direction. The Carl Towns Gobert pairing, the numbers weren't that great when they were on the court, although it was very limited because of the Conte Towns being injured last year and they didn't really play as many minutes together. So we'll see how that goes this year. But it hasn't looked great so far in a small sample. Yeah. That doesn't go well. They're going to have to trade one of those two big men. And the best return they're going to get is where Conte Towns. So it's more likely that the the Wolves, the Wolves are looking to trade somebody. The Knicks are looking to add somebody to pair with a Jalen Brunson. Um, so I could see how that's the more likely scenario. I don't think it, it's probably more likely for all the reasons I mentioned. I don't necessarily think it's the best fit. But the Knicks have been, the Knicks are keeping their tabs. You know, and I, I actually think, yeah, he, you know, Donovan Mitchell is somebody else to keep an eye on still, too. Um, I still would have concerns about that, as I did last year because you're going to give yourself a very small backcourt. And I wonder if the Knicks make a move like that. Do you start looking like what Portland looked a couple years ago where it was CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard, very small backcourt, easy to target those guys in the playoffs. Don't really necessarily love that um, at all. I, sometimes, you know, sometimes I think with trades and all these rumors and stuff, sometimes you got to look for like the trades you're not thinking about. Or who's the star out there that, you might not be worrying. The other guy I think people should keep their eye on, I think the Knicks are definitely keeping their eye on this too, is Zion Williamson. We got to watch what goes on down there in the in the Big Easy. Um, I, I think keep your eye on that as well too. I would I would look at that if, if things don't go well there. He's a guy I think the Knicks can have the eye. But I think I think the Knicks front I think the Knicks front office and from what I hear, they're keeping their tabs open. They're monitoring all the situations. I think they're going to be ready to pounce if and the right guy becomes available, I think they're going to be ready to pounce. I think the thing is, Knicks have to, at some point, you've acquired all these assets, you've extended some of these players, you can't keep everybody. They're going to have to make a move. I think the thing with Knicks fans is, is that have patience still a little bit more. They don't have to make a move this year. I don't think it's that. I, I think next offseason is where I feel like they're going to have to make the move. Because the numbers are just going to not start adding up. You're going to have to start a lot of players tied up on extensions. Remember, next year, Quentin Grimes will be extension eligible, right? And now you're talking about extending another play, and you have a lot of guards that you have locked up. So right. at some point, you're going to have to make this move. I just think the Knicks, somebody, like I said, watch Dallas. Watch that situation. Somebody else might be disgruntled that we're not thinking about SGA in Oklahoma City. What if they don't start winning the way 
he would have liked it. He would have thought that's somebody you might want to look look into. So it's just, wow. I think the Knicks just are going to be patient. But yeah, they're they're doing their homework. Trust me, the front office is showing patience. They're doing their homework. They're going to look at a Carlton Towns. They're going to keep tabs on Embiid. They're going to keep tabs on Donovan Mitchell and you know all this stuff because you know we know tampering doesn't go on in the NBA. But all this stuff is done through backdoor channels, as you know, and all stuff. But come on, these these guys talk, agents talk. This all gets through many different ways. But yeah, I think the Knicks are doing their homework. Yeah. Um, I see why Cat is likely because I think the Wolves also know that it makes sense for them to trade him, for them to actually get some flexibility with all the picks they gave up for Gobert. Yeah. They need to try to recoup some of that back and build around Ant. So it, you can see why they and the Knicks would be good trade partners. But I still don't think that's a good fit for the Knicks. I just I don't trust Cat here in New York. I just I don't trust it. I I've said it a thousand times. And I don't mind yeah. saying it to you again. Carl yeah, Anthony him, Towns gets paid like a superstar, and yeah. plays like a regular player. He has Julius Randle numbers with Joel Embiid money. It they don't add up. And I think if you're and if you look at the playoff numbers as well too. Cat doesn't necessarily turn it up or on in the playoffs either. He's had an injury history as well, too. Missed a lot of games last year to injury. We got to see him come back in terms of a, a full year. The chat, by the way, is lit up, Dex, when you mentioned Shout out Kat. to the chat. Shout out no, to Kat, the chat. Yeah, they don't like no, I was gonna look. I was going to look and see what people... Uh, I see what some people... I see what some people are saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, Big L, I see you with the no, 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 no. I... I I'm not a fan of it because, listen, we've seen how Knicks fans have killed Julius Randle for his struggles in the playoffs. I think the difference for me is Randle has shot the ball poorly in the playoffs, but I don't think it's lack of effort or he's just completely disappeared. I've watched Cat in the playoffs, and he's foul trouble. He just completely disappears. I just don't trust it here in New York at all whatsoever. Now, Cat's more talented than Julius Randle. But I actually trust him to handle, despite his playoff struggles. I kind of trust him a little bit more in the playoffs than I actually do. Cat, uh, that's saying wow. that's saying a lot. Yeah, that's saying a lot. Yeah. I know because he struggled. Right. But that's saying a lot. I just, I just don't see him as the fit. I just don't see it, man. Like I just don't. Some players, you just like again. I'm just in no shade to Cat. I just I'm like I'm not sure he's built for New York. Some players just aren't. That's just that's just facts. Like some players just aren't built for a certain city or or certain pressure that comes with it. We see this in all sports, and that's no shade for him. But Minneapolis is in uh, is not New York, so yeah, it's not never gonna be. And I think that the pressure that comes in playing in New York. I mean, we've seen people crumble, people greater than Cat crumble at the pressure. If that can happen to those type of players, I can only imagine what could happen to a player like Cat. Um, but, um, I don't want to stay on cat. I know the chat doesn't want to, to be honest, I don't think, I think he is the most feasible. And the problem is the Fournier contract and the fact mm-hmm. that he doesn't start the super max till next year where his money right now can actually make sense in terms of a trade. Right. And they, that's what scares me. That's why it's most realistic because everything actually, if you do the math works out that cat could be added without having to fully gut your team to get a player like that. You can't really say that about everybody else apart from Donovan Mitchell, who controls his future, I think. So, right, because he's, because he's got a couple years left. And, and, and the thing is, if you add that, what, what I think fans have to think about yeah. is if the, when the Knicks try to add a star, right? I think there's two things. You want to try to get the right fit, and that's always the hard thing with trades. 
And then you also want to leave yourself enough room so you can that you can still have to fill out the roster. Like what other veterans can you put around? Because you're going to give up some of these young players. Like for all these fans out there who don't think the, the Knicks are giving up either Grimes or quickly. And some people are going to ask for both, depending on what the player, the, who the player they're trading for is, right? Maybe you're able to give up Barrett and one of those players. You hope if you can keep one, I think most teams are going to ask for Grimes even more because he's, he's, it seems like he projects to be a better two-way player. Yeah. But I, you, the cupboard's going to be a little bit bare. I think what Nick, the Knicks are trying to do is not repeat the mistake of what they did with Carmelo Anthony where they left the cupboard bare and they, they traded everybody away and all the picks and they had nothing when they could have just tried, called his bluff and tried to sign him as a free agent. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, it, it's really tough, but you're right. The money with Cat... The, the point you just made, too, though, Troy, is like, you're right. Next year, let's say they made a trade this year. Next year starts the first year of a Supermax deal. Now, I saw somebody in the chat talk about this. Now you're tied into all that money, right? And what if it goes south, right? Now you got some money. That's the thing with a Supermax deal. And, you get, and, and listen, some of that you shouldn't worry as much because the cap's going to go up. Yeah. So he won't take as much of a percentage of the cap because that's a real thing fans have to watch is when you look at the money, you might say, oh, this guy's overpaid. But look at it relative to your team and how much what percentage of the cap will he take up. But that's not the real problem because the cap's going to go up. The problem is you right now, if you're the Knicks, you have Jalen Brunson on a bargain. But after next year, he's definitely going to opt out of the fourth year of his deal, become yeah. a free agent. You're going to have to pay him and he's not going to be a bargain anymore. So whoever you have next to him that you're paying, do you want those two guys that are taking up such a high percentage of crap? How are you going to be able to fill out the rest of your team? And it's only good value if you have the right guys paired together. I think we know Brunson is a star. Yeah. And listen, you trust Brunson in the playoffs. I don't trust Carlton Towns in the playoffs. I've seen Brunson do it. I've seen Brunson do it as a secondary player and a primary player. I've seen Carlton Towns do what in the playoffs? I still yeah, haven't found I haven't it. Seen it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I haven't found it. And and I think that's a Dex. That's a great point. And I, that's why I'm out on Cat honestly because he's not the he's not the the fit matters so much to me. I get his three point shooting is legendary. Probably one of yep. the best three point bigs in the yep. game. I understand that a hundred percent. I wish that was the only part of the game, but it's not. Right. <laughs> es- right. Especially it's like- at his height and his size. Like the fact that he doesn't do more post play is actually criminal given his length, size, and what should be strength. That's what I. Yeah. That's what the missing piece is. Julius Randle is stronger than him, and they were standing next to each other. Mm-hmm. They look almost the same height now. So I don't even know what you would be getting if you if you traded for Cat. I mean, I, I, Dexter. I, here's, my, here's, here's, yeah. here's my thing to people. I see people in the chat talking about Cat's nice. Nobody's saying Cat's not talented. Nobody's saying that, right? right? What, what the point that we're making it just because somebody's nice doesn't mean it's a fit i think a lot of times this isn't 2k guys this isn't like oh, i'm just plug this person in here he's an 88 rating and it's going what like no man there's chemistry there's mindset can this person play in this market yes. can they ha- that stuff matters the people stuff matters in putting a team together you think joel james harden's still a good player like james harden's washed right he's still an effective player but the reason he's not even traded right now is like people are actually thinking about, but do I want to deal with the other stuff around him? And I think we act like the other stuff doesn't matter. Like it matters, man. Like, can you get it done in the postseason? Are you going to show up to work, Kyrie or James Harden, right? Like that stuff matters when you're team building. It's not just these, these are people 
it doesn't matter what you do for work. This is the point I want to make. Whether you're an athlete, whatever, you work on a, whatever you do for your work. The people you work with and how that work to, works together matters. Yeah. And if you have somebody who's dropping the ball or can't show up, then you're going to be like, man, I can't rely on this person to work with me. And I'm not saying that Cat can't be better, but I just haven't seen anything that trusts me that I'm like, man, I want definitely want Carlton Towns to play here in New York. Like, he, he's talented. Nobody, nobody's saying that. There's also a lot of talented people that have come to play in New York and haven't gotten it done. Carlton Towns' profiles is one of those people to me. I hope I, if they get him, and you know, I hope I'd be wrong, and I hope he play. I think Knicks fans would hope he plays well in New York. But I've just seen him shrink in Minnesota in the playoffs against Memphis and some other teams, and he didn't do that much against Denver this year. So I'm not. It's not that I think don't think Cat's nice. I just don't trust. Him in the playoffs. That's that's it. It's simply that. I just don't think I don't think he's a uh, I don't think he's a great fit, right? And he's also Joel Embiid is a much better two up two way player. Despite his injury history, he's a much better two way player, better defensive player. Um, I think he's a perfect fit with with Jalen Brunson. Perfect fit. Cat, I think is you're talking. We're still talking about potential. This is isn't this this is year eight or nine for Cat? We're still talking about yeah. potential. Like, come on now, come on. I'm not giving him, I'm not affording him any of that. For me, I'm out on Cat. I'm very, very happy that if the New York Knicks avoid him, but I think we're going to see more of what happens because if the Wolves spiral out of control and that situation gets bad in Minnesota, I can see the New York Knicks pouncing, especially if the deal makes sense because the next person I'm going to speak about, Leon Rose, is really mm-hmm. that guy who who's making the decisions right now. And Leon Rose and his tenure as a New York Knicks president. Now, as you know, I'm... I'm really I have the pulse of the Knicks fan base in terms of at least Twitter and some other aspects of, of social media. I talk to them on the general a lot. So I kind of hear both sides. And I like to think I, I take a, a good approach to understand both sides of it. And I think I can understand from one side why a lot of fans don't like Leon because they feel like he's too patient, risk averse. And honestly, mm-hmm. when you're brought here to attract talent coming from where you came from and you didn't do anything yet, that's one part of it. The other side of it, and Bob Myers actually pointed this out, so shout out to him, a new uh, ESPN analyst. He basically uh, said that, you know, if you look at what they did, what was there before, and now what's there now, it's hard to say they haven't made an improvement. So when you look at it from that perspective, you know, it, it's understandable. But some fans don't like that because it's not, it's, you can't, of course, you can compare stuff to your past, but shouldn't you compare what's happening now with other people around the league? So yeah. there's, a, there's yeah. two parts to that. What is your opinion on the Leon Rose tenure with the Knicks? How do you feel about it? And do you think he's done essentially what he's come here to do? So, my yeah, my feeling is it's fine. It's incomplete. Right. Um, so, let, like... Like let's let's talk about this in 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 terms of like what he's actually done, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought Bob Myers made a good point about this. And Bob Myers knows a thing or two about building a team, right? And obviously you have you got to have a little bit of luck. And he hit on some stuff with some draft picks. He got the three Hall of Famers, one in the second round. That helps a ton. Um, but I think I think one of the misconceptions I always talk to my my friend Gerard Hector from True Hoop about this. I think one of the misconceptions with fans is fans think that a lot of teams are just like, it's one trade or one move away, man. No team is ever one move or one trade away. Sometimes it's the trade that you don't even think about that happened. Look at the Denver nuggets. For example, the MVP, the two time MVP of the league, former MVP of the league was drafted in the second round, right? They didn't hit me. Jamal Murray is a very good point guard. One of the smart trades they made was trading for Aaron Gordon. 
a very under the radar deal a couple of years ago that nobody was like, wow, that put him over the top. And the Nuggets had some playoff failures. They they were without Murray for a season, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, they got us a late lottery pick. He had some back issues, but they stuck with it. They didn't panic. They didn't blow it up and say, oh, we got to trade Porter. We got to trade Murray. We got to put another spot. They stuck with the process right. of it. Sorry to bring up that word again. I think sometimes fans can be too impatient. And here's my thing. I grew up a Knicks fan. So I'm going to be very clear about this, right? So I saw some good teams in the 90s. But if you're a younger Knicks fan, and I get where you're coming from. You're like, man, I haven't seen this team win. They suck. I, I get it. I get your frustration, man. I get it. But that's the point. You haven't seen any kind of consistency of success. You need, and the Knicks have been talking about this all preseason, continuity and consistency. They've made the playoffs two out of the last three years. The culture is different. There hasn't been any drama. The thing for me with Leon Rose is we have no idea what Leon Rose thinks because the Knicks don't talk to the media. The, the, the Leon Rose, you don't hear from him. The fans don't hear from him. So I think that's also another disconnect for the fans, right, which I think is problematic, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a member of the media. I think that GMs and presidents should be accountable to the fans. You should hear what the plan is. You should know what the vision is. But we have no idea what the vision is because the man hasn't sp- said anything. So I understand that disconnect from the fans. I think fans would like to know what the vision is. I think it. we're all speculating. I'm speculating from people I know within the organization, people I talk to that are covered a team that are even closer to me, right? Right. That this is what they're trying to do. Yeah, I know they're definitely looking to try to add another star to get with Jalen Brunson. Like, I know this, but we haven't heard them come out and say that. We don't know how they feel about the development of the young players. We have no idea because we don't hear from them. And I see, I've seen some fans on Twitter and people say stuff, and it's like, oh, that doesn't matter. They don't need to talk to the media. Okay. Well, when, if the team gets off to a bad start this year, let's say the team doesn't have a good season this year, yeah, then y'all going to be like, where's Leon Rose? And you're right. You should say that. I'm not mad at y'all for saying that. I'm saying you should say that. So I'm sorry if I sidetracked there. No, no, no. Perfect. It's a good. But, it's good. <laughs> but, but, if, but if you're saying this about Leon Rose, you look at what he did. And, and I think Bob Myers points, you look at where the team was four or five years ago and how they've turned it around. They've got assets. And I don't like you, you can't just hold on to assets forever. And I made that point before, right? At some point, you got to put your chips in and make a move. And I think they would, they understand they have to do that. It's about making the right move. I think what the Knicks have done that's better than past regimes. And you can't, you have to look at each regime individually. But what's different from what they've done in the past 20, 22 years is they haven't made the move for the quick fix that isn't the right fit. And good organizations do this, guys. You don't just rush and get a player or get somebody who's overpaid. We've seen this before with the Antonio McDices of the world. They go and get trade for Andrea Bargnani. You've seen these moves, guys. And now when they're not doing it and fans are complaining, I'm like, what do you want? Also, it's not, it's not easy to trade for a star. It is not easy to acquire stars. What you can do, the things you can control is build and develop culture. And at least I think the Knicks have been on the precipice of doing that. Like I said, two out of the last three years, they made the playoffs. You kind of know what this identity of this team is around Tibbs. You know how they want to play. That doesn't mean that Tibbs is the coach that's going to take them over the top. But isn't it nice for once, Knicks fans, that the team actually seems to have competency? That is a win. Competency is good. That's how you then build towards a championship level. You don't get to a championship level just overnight but you have to have competency. There's no drama around it. I don't like that the team doesn't talk to the to the media. They're the only team that doesn't do this. The presidents, you don't hear from the GM or any of the front office. I don't like that. I don't really think that's good for your fans. Right. I don't think, I think accountability is good in everything that we do in work, but 
I don't think I think Leon's done an okay job. You got to give him credit for Jalen Brunson. He got Jalen Brunson here. He's a star on a great value contract. Julius Randle, despite his playoff failures, has made All NBA Second Team twice in two years. Right? He's on a good. What's the bad contract on the Knicks? The Knicks don't have a bad contract on the, on the, on their roster. Well, the worst the, contract is Evan Fournier. I'm gonna say that's it. That's that's. But he's he has an expiring contract that you can right. trade. Yep. So he's an asset for you right now. Right, not a high level asset. You're not going to get back a ton, but he's a player you could trade at the deadline and maybe, like I said, add a backup for. There's no bad. There's no contract that you look at on the next year. Like, oh man, like I don't think they'd be able to get off of this person. It's not the case. They have no. They have no players on the max contracts. Another another point that should be brought up. So they have flexibility. They've got picks that should be lauded. If you're just looking at this and say, oh, but they don't have another star for Brunson, man, it takes time, and I think. The Nick fan, maybe it's just me. I've been watching Knicks for a while. They're just very impatient. And I'm like, for what? Y'all been watching non-competence for a long time. Right. So maybe enjoy some of this competence. <laughs> like, it's not that bad of a situation. And I don't know how the fans feel. I'll see what some fans will say in the chat. But I think Leon should be given some of the benefit of the doubt with the moves that he's made and how he's moved. He should get credit for the fact that he hasn't jumped out the window and just said, let me grab this aging star who doesn't, maybe is not a good fit for the culture. I think he deserves some of that. He deserves some of the credit of drafting Emmanuel quickly, finding Quentin Grimes. Those are guys who were picked in late in the, tw- in the first round. Like, you got to give the man some more credit. If he hasn't hit on a star, other than Jalen Brunson, if you want to say, and Julius Randle's had some all-star seasons, but that's nothing to sneak. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, it's not like the Knicks are in a bad spot. I'm not saying they're a greatest spot. They, I do not think they're a championship contender right now, right. but I think they're a very good team. There's continuity. And we got to give Leon Rose some credit for that. Now, he will be judged. I'm telling if I had to give him a grade right now, I'd probably say B minus for his job that he's done. C plus for where he's got this team to at this point. But the true test where he's going to earn his money, and I don't blame fans for this, is going to be like, all right, well, what are you going to do to get a star? A, a bona fide star next to Jalen Brunson. Right. Where's that coming? What and 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 that's I think going to be a it's going to be a huge part of how he's judged. But that's also the job, right? Like that's the job. But I think up to the point he's done now, I think it's been fine. I, like, look, it's better than some of the other stuff Knicks fans have seen before. So if you want to complain about some of the regimes you've seen before, and I think rightfully so, you can't be. You've been in the playoffs two out of the last three years. You can't really be crying over Leon Rose. That's all I'm saying. I can't think, really be doing. I think the only thing with Leon Rose, to your point, and this is the biggest issue. It's his, his not. He doesn't speak. And as a fan, as as so yeah. many fans want to know, you just want to know a direction. You want to know yeah. where the team is going to go. I don't care if he does media when he's supposed. You know all the you know things that he should be doing, but doesn't. That's fine. But at least, at the very least. Have a, you know, state of the Knicks union type of thing where you just talk to the fans for 30 minutes and you go through what you think. Instead of doing that email where it's a paragraph of your thoughts, instead of doing that, just do a video or something that at least the fans can see you, hear you, understand where you are, your passion, because we can't feel that through an email. We, and that that you know I get that point. I get that frustration from the fans. And that's that's the reason I say about speaking. It's like people say to me, Well, what do you think could happen? Now, I'm kind of with you, Troy. Like, I don't think it has to be, you know, I think it's nice when teams do this. I think your general manager or president should speak uh at the start of training camp, at 
the middle of the season, maybe around the all-star break, and also exit interviews end of the season. I think in a perfect world, that's nice. But let's say you can't even get that. Let's say he just did once a year. He's having to speak at the end of the season. At least fans would know, like you said, what the direction is. And I think fans deserve to know that. A lot of fans put their time, energy, money. I respect that. Uh, I'm a sports fan. I understand that. I respect that for the fans. And I think fans deserve that at least somewhat illusion of transparency, right? And I think good organizations that are about their plan do this and are transparent with their fans. And I think the Knicks have done a lot of good things organizationally in the last couple of years. But I do think, you know, I don't, it's not about me. It's not about me as a media member. Like, actually, don't, actually, it's more for the fans. That's who I'm actually going to bat for in this. It's not really about me. Like, it's, it's really about the fans. I think the fans deserve to hear what Leon has to say so they can actually make some informed decisions and judgments on his work or his direction. Because, like, we don't, we don't really know what the plan is we, from his mouth, directly from his mouth. Like, right. But there's a lot of issues with that that, you know, I could even go into. But, yeah, that's, that's another story for another day. And that's, so, yeah. that's exactly why I mentioned it, because I, I speak to yeah. the fan base so often, you know, and I, I hear everybody, the positive fans, the negative fans, the fans that are right in the middle. And I, I feel like when I, when I talk to them, the biggest thing that they, they really want is just that sense of understanding where the team is going. And the only yeah. person that can really do that is the day-to-day leader, which is Leon Rose. Of course, you could have William Wesley do it. You could have Gerson Rose do it. You could have a number of people do it, even if you didn't want to do it. So let's say you mm-hmm. didn't actually even want to make the announcement yourself. You could put somebody else in that position to do that. And that would be fine because at least it would be a message to hear something, but to hear nothing from somebody that you've supported, that you've followed, that you've watched, that you saw for years as a fan and somebody has been invested in the team for so long, it is a little bit disrespectful because you want to be able to, to rock with your team the right way. But how can you do that if you don't feel like you're informed with all the things that they're doing? Yeah, and I want to be very clear on something that like I do not, I know, I mean, I know this for sure, but this, I don't think this is a, uh, this is not a Leon Rose decision that he's like, I don't want to talk to this, this, like, I think fans need to understand that that is not him. You got to it comes from above, right? It's not, it's, I don't think it's him necessarily doing that. And so I, I think that I'm, I just, like I said, I agree with you. I'm, I'm all for transparency. Um, I think I'm all for accountability in, in any profession, any sport. And I, 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 I'm, I'm saying that for the fans. I think the fans deserve that. Um, the fans, you know, Leon Rose is not going to come out in a press conference and he could tampering. He's not going to come out and say that he's going to trade for this person. But if he's, what if the fans had, hey, we need to, you know, we, we really think we need to upgrade our spacing. We need to be better about our spacing. We need to add a player that can help us stretch the floor, preferably a big. Fans might be like, okay, all right. You know what? I, I know what you're doing. I see what you're trying to do. We could like piece together the other stuff and where you might try to go with that. But everything is so evasive and so quiet. And I, I think that's, I th- and I think it's disappointing because I actually think the front office has done some really good things that and I think that's why those fans maybe don't give them the credit because they feel so detached from them. They don't feel like they know them or what the direction is. So fans are like, oh man, I, I can't, I don't, I understand why they don't trust somebody that you don't, I can understand why somebody says, I don't trust somebody that I don't hear from. Like that, that's not crazy to me, right? Like I, I get, I get that vibe. I get it. Cause it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, but, yeah. but I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think Leon has done a bad job. I think he's done an okay job, but the job's incomplete, right? Like he's going to be judged on the star that he pairs with Brunson and right. how he uses these assets going forward. That's what he will be judged on. And that, everybody who's watching, 
has been one of the best interviews that I've done with Dexter, even last year. I think this is better than last year. I love it because it's live Thanks, man. and we have so many uh, viewers watching, so many people in the chat. So before we let Dexter go, he actually stayed with us a little couple extra minutes longer. So I'm going to take a few yeah, questions. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I can stay with you a couple extra longer. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you. So let's. I got you, bro. If you guys can, if you guys want to, please go ahead and drop your questions in the chat. Dexter's here. He can answer anything for you like we talked about before. He speaks to a lot of NBA insiders as well. So I got my questions off in terms of the stars that I wanted to know about. But what about you? If you guys have any questions, ask them in the chat. We'll definitely get to them. I'll scroll up a little bit because I saw a couple of people asking some questions before, and I think we can get to some of those. Uh, let's yeah, see. Shout out, shout out to the people in the chat, man. Definitely, a lot of definitely. In. Love it. Love it. it. Yeah. Brutus, that's my guy, OG Brutus. Shout out to you, man. What's going on? Roberto says, How Josh Hart going to play the four? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want him to play the four, Roberto. I really don't. Um, I don't want anybody to play the four that's out of position. But unfortunately, what do you do with a roster that doesn't have the depth to cover it? You play players out of position to cover that. Josh Hart is the player that's, again, he did it for Team USA. So Tom Thibodeau obviously feels very comfortable with him doing that. So I think you're going to see that. Unfortunately, 6'4", Josh Hart is going to be the backup power forward. Next, what's your thoughts on Josh Hart at the four? Right, so I'm a, I'm in this school. I know this. I, I I've I've talked to other Knicks fans, and I see it on you know Twitter. Those being called X right now. Yeah. I've seen fans. Uh, fans have asked me about this. Like, are you worried about the back of four? I, I'm not as worried as some other people are. Um. For for two reasons. One, Hart's a fantastic rebounder. However, I will say I'm with Troy on this. I don't love it. Right. Like I would rather have a little bit more size. And one of one of my boys, Greg, who's a Knicks fan, he's he's more concerned about it than I am, right? And so, I I, I but here's the thing, and this is why I said to him, I said this is why I wouldn't worry as much if you're a Knicks fan. Hart's a really good rebounder, a tough defender, um, and I think against other bench units, because we're talking about a backup spot, who he'll play the most of his minutes. I think he'll hold his own and be fine. If it is an issue right, especially on the glass, if it is an issue or a constant issue or becomes something that you look at and say, oh, man, in a playoff series, this is something when the Knicks go to their bench, it's going, they're going to get picked on. I think this is where Evan Fournier becomes a good piece and you could dangle that and go and try to get somebody to fill that role. I think the Knicks have the flexibility to go and address that if it becomes an issue. That's why I'm just like, let's play it out. Let's kind of see how it is. And I think if it's something they need to address, I think they will address it. Um, I was just somebody who was tripping about Obi Toppin being traded away, and I understood the whole dynamics there, and he wanted more playing time, et cetera. Right. Um, and Obi wasn't a good rebounder anyway, like if we're being honest here. It's like, like what were you losing really with a size? So it's like Hart or Obi, it's like you're not losing. You, you're kind of – no disrespect to Obi. Course, I love what you did leaking out and everything and, and finishing, and the three ball got a little bit better from the corner, but he wasn't a great rebounder. So I think that's also how the Knicks are looking. It's like what are we really losing here? So – my concern level for that is probably like a three or a four, but I think it's something you'll see the Knicks address if they need to at the trade deadline or before. I absolutely agree with that. I think uh, I think that the Knicks have the moves and the amount of players to actually make something work if they need to. Hopefully don't have to go that route because they obviously want to save the assets for that star, but we'll see exactly what happens and what decisions that they make. Another uh, guy over here, oh, great subscriber actually, John Talento says, Embiid or Spider? Uh, great question. Um, if you're asking, mm. if you're asking talent wise, it would be Embiid for me because Embiid's just, I mean, former MVP of the league. I can't take that away from him. 
and he's always in the conversation. If you're talking about realistic, it would be Donovan just because of ties to New York. He controls his future a little bit more. So that's just my two cents on it. Dex, what do you think in regards to the NBA? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you on that too. Like, I think Embiid's a better fit. I think he's a better talent. Yeah. Um, I think the Knicks having a big who's really good at two ways is better. I brought up my concerns earlier about having a smaller backcourt and how I'd have to, although I like, I like Donovan. I just want to be very clear. I like Spider, yeah. but I have concerns with him and Brunson in the backcourt defensively. I don't really like that going forward. I do think he's also more logical because not in the division control his future a little bit more, as you just said, yeah. all that stuff. But if, if, you know, if you had a choice, I'd, I'd take him be even despite the injury concerns, I'd take him be. Absolutely. Without, it's, it's not even a question to me. I mean, league MVP. Yeah, it's that's it just yeah. lights out for me. Uh, last question we're going to do here because I know Nick fan TV has something going on as well, too. And I want to make sure I support everybody doing this next thing. So I want to make sure we get over to their channel as well, too. So one more question for Dex. I see we got it from Big L says, is it crazy to watch for more than just OG in Toronto? What about Siakam? Interesting. No, yo, I Nah, shout out, shout out, uh, Big L to you. I actually think that's a good team to watch in terms of trades, especially because Toronto, man, like they, they've just been like, I don't know what their direction is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I really like, like we really didn't know. We didn't like last year. Like, think about this at the trade deadline last year, right? I'm sure everybody here was a basketball fan. You kind of were like, oh, it was rumored that Toronto was going to make a move. They were going to trade OG. They might trade Siakam. They might get off Van Vliet. Like we saw obviously Van Vliet goes to Houston and free agency. Um, hold up. I'm, I I'm, do think Dex, Dex, one second. I'm sorry. We got a super yes. chat that actually says, Dex, you look like Stephen J. Smith in the thumbnail. <laughs> oh, oh, can I, can, can I, can I tell a story real quick? Can I tell two please, stories real quick? Please go ahead. All right. I love it. So shout out to whoever, shout, shout out to whoever said the, the, the super chat. It was oh, the New, New York, York bully. it was the New York bully. Yeah. Thank uh, you so much. New York bully. New York bully. Shout out, shout out to you. So I'll tell a story real quick. One just have, I was in New Orleans this past weekend and I was I was leaving this, the hotel I was at and I was getting on to this hotel. This woman comes up to me and she double she double looks she looks at me like with a double take. Right. And she's like, "Are you on TV?" And I was kind of like I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Yeah, you 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 like on a show?" And I said, "Well, not really. I do stuff on the digital side." And I was right. like, "In sports." And she was like, "You that guy from ESPN?" I said, "No, that's Stephen A. Smith, not me." But she was like, "Stephen A. Smith? Yeah, you look like him." That's one story. <laughs> I'm gonna go back. This is. And this is funny because the dude who says it, this is when my hair was a lot shorter. Okay. So this is like, this is almost 10 years ago. This is in 2014. Right. I was covering the PGA Championship in Valhalla, Kentucky, right outside of Louisville. And I was just shooting video. I wasn't even reporting anything. And I get off this media bus. I'm walking to like the media tent that they have. And this, this older woman is there. She's probably like 65. Okay. And she sees me and she's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe you're here. I can't believe you're here. She's going crazy. And I'm kind of like, who are you? Like, right. who's this lady? And it just, it bugged me out. So then I go inside, I put my stuff down, I come back out. She does the same thing. She's like, I can't believe I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm like, what? <laughs> so when I was walking away, she was like, so good. She was like, have a good day, Steven. And I was like, uh, it didn't bug me. And then I walked back and I said to her, I said, ma'am, do you think I'm Stephen A. Smith? Cause I'm here to tell you that I'm not. <laughs> and she was like, oh, she was so embarrassed, but she was like, you know, I'm still happy to see you here, brother. Like we don't have too many brothers here on the golf course, which she's right. right. And I was like, I was like, thank you. Thank you. So not the first time somebody said that, but yeah, that was a little funny story I had where somebody thought I was Stephen A. Smith. Oh, so my shout out to Stephen A. Cause he's been a good person in my career and gave me some really good advice earlier. So shout out to Stephen A. Shout yeah. out to him. Shout out to him. Man, oh, shout sorry. Out to you, and too. we cut. 
And Big L, we did not forget your answer. Sorry, Big L. I d- didn't forget about you, brother. Um, we were talking about Toronto. Right, right. In terms said, of the OG or Siakam thing, in terms of like, are we gonna, just going to watch OG or would we actually go after Siakam as well? Like, is, right. is he in play as well too? I think OG is the better fit. Agreed. Depending on what you're giving up. Giving up. Here's the thing, and this is where I was talking about with all the stuff with Toronto, right? And we thought that they were going to make moves and trade people last year, and then they didn't, right? So it's also, what's the price? What's the asking price for OG? Like, that's that's my thing to the Knicks fans. Like, as a Knicks fan, are you willing to give up, like, two firsts in, I guess, maybe RJ? Or two firsts in Quickly or Grimes? Like, right. what's the price for OJ? And also, how much better does he make your team? I like OG, OG as a player. He OG seems like the trade you make after you get that that star that he's yes. like a a third guy that could fit that knows his role that he seems like the trade you make after not the trade you make right now. He's a player I actually really like because I think he fits a role, good three and D player. I like him. I'm just not sure he's a trade that made right now. But to answer your question, Big L, if it was for me in terms of like how I'm building a team or trying to fit something. I'd probably lean to OG over Siakam. I like Siakam, but I think his game depends a lot on the pieces you have around him. You need more shooting around him, and the Knicks shooting right now is still kind of still kind of sus. So I I I I'd probably go with OG because I think he actually helps more of what the Knicks need, and he actually defends well. And he fits more into what the Knicks identity is. I hope that answers the question. And I think for yeah. the OG aspect for me is it's not going to really happen because um, well. well Obviously, the lawsuit between Toronto and the New York Knicks are obviously going to scrap all that. Oh, yo, so that's not going to happen. Yo, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off, bro. I forgot about all that. <laughs> right. Because right, that's like drama. Like, they, right. yeah, a trade between you know, New York and Toronto is not happening right no. now. You see how Toronto's come firing back with that lawsuit. Right. Yeah, that ain't happening right no, now. No, no. Not about that. But the good news <laughs> is with OG, I mean, he's a player option. He's likely going to decline. Uh, he is CAA, yep. which is something that the, to watch with the Knicks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's possible. Um, And he, he fits a, the position to need. We need a wing. So, I think uh, he'd be a perfect fit, but we'll see what happens. Uh, one more question, Dex. It just comes from sure. David, and it's uh, about Jacob Toppin. So I actually want to ask because it's completely different from something we didn't talk about. Jacob Toppin question. Right, okay. right. He's actually, uh, what are the chances Jacob Toppin cracks the main roster? <laughs> oh, the main roster. I thought he was going to say rotation for a second. Uh, I feel like he has to I, at this point, right? I mean, like they released a lot. They waived a lot of players. I feel like they waived a lot of guys. Yeah. I think it's likely also because because of the stuff we were talking about before, right? Like there's, I mean, Jacob top top and profiles more as a three than a four. That's right. So it, I was, but you know, he's somebody they're going to want to keep on that. I think the active roster, but you'll see him sent down to play a lot with Westchester. I think, I, I think a bunch during the season, but somebody will want to bring. Yeah, I could, I, I think it's probably likely that he does based on some of the moves they've made already, right? Did, did I, I, I'm sorry, I might have missed this today. Did Isaiah Roby get waived? Did he yeah, get waived? He got waived as well. Roby, and, Roby got waived. Him and Jalen Martin. Yeah. yeah, both of them. Yeah, so I think it's actually likely he does it. I mean, Tibbs is a big fan of Archie Diacono. Um, so is Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart and Dante DiVincenzo. Josh Hart, yeah, that, that, that's another <laughs> guy. What a shock. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think who, like, who, I think he he's probably likely him and Arch and Ryan are probably likely to grab those final two spots. I agree. Um, yeah, I would say it's likely. Um, how much he plays, I don't know. But, you know, look, <laughs> if, if, I, no, no, no. This is no shade to Jacob Todd, but if he's playing, and we're talking about him playing in rotation, things have not gone well for the Knicks. That's for sure. Abso- <laughs> Absolutely. And if he if he if he, if he well. plays ten minutes, 
and his brother played Ooh. 10 minutes. Jacob Toppin, I'm just saying. I don't think yeah, Jacob Toppin's yeah. make playing any rotation minutes. If that's what your question was, more or less, like if he's gonna make the roster, I think so. But if he's gonna Oh yeah, main roster, I think he makes right but rotation? No, I I I I fear for Miles McBride. And I think he has even more of a role for the team than I would argue that Toppin does. Uh so oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't think that's the case. But we could talk to Dex. I could talk to Dex for hours. Dex, I could talk to you for hours, but I don't want to do <laughs> that to that. you because I know well, what I Dick- like. Good. Nah, I always like talking Knicks hoops. I like I like connecting with the fans. Um, I'm happy to see so many people show up for your live show, and um, I, I'm you know shout out to all the fans because y'all are the ones who make uh, all this stuff possible. Whether whoever the Nick content creators are, my content. Appreciate y'all watching, and um, you know it's it's always good to connect and talk with the fans. I like the fan questions and. I like when I see people at games and yeah, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's always great. So salute to you, Troy, because I see onward and upward. I, I love the growth, man. I, I love, I love what I'm seeing and, and, and just, and just keep at it and fans keep supporting. You know, I, I think I might've said this last time I was on here, but I think it's important when fans support independent media. Yes. Um, there's a lot of talk about old media and new media and all this stuff. But I think that, you know, I'm somebody who comes from creating their own media. So I'm always very supportive of other people with independent media who are doing it very well, like Troy is here. And I think it's important. I love when I see people who are in the chat, they're giving super chats, they're actually giving their money to support the independent media. I think that's dope. So, you know, for everybody supporting out there, you'll keep keep supporting independent media and good content creators because we need that. And the more diverse voices we have, it's, it's better. Um, it's good to have these discussions. It's good to have you know, talking about accountability trades. It's all fun, man. So me- media media should be fun and there shouldn't be any gatekeeping. We should we should be bringing more people in. I, I think that's always a good thing. And I try to use this platform a lot for support, not only for the guests that I have, but also the people in the chat, the people that I shout out and the people that help me make the show. Because I've said it before, it's more than one person. If I didn't have the, the fan base, the social media, all the people I talk to on a daily basis, I couldn't even do yeah. the show. So it's really thanks to you guys. Thanks to you, Dex. I used a lot of your interviews to as clips for my own videos on my own channel. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I yeah. thank you so much for that and all the content that you do. I mean, you're a big inspiration to me. I told you that before, and I'll say it again. Thank the you, things that you're doing and what you're in is essentially what I want to do. And the, the motivation that you give me each and every day to do that, honestly, thank you so much for each and every video, each and every interview, each and every second of media that you cover. Because honestly, it really is an inspiration. Thank you, bro. I, I appreciate that. And now it's funny. We, we didn't do this last season, but I got to get you to come on with me this season. We got to talk some Knicks hoops. And now I do this new uh, basketball show, New York Got Game. Everybody can check that out. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So there, there will, and there's already has been, and there will be more Knicks content creators on that show um, and basketball content creators around us. So you're going to see a lot of people, um, I think, who maybe haven't been on some other platforms get their shine. Uh, this coming year, so I'm really excited about that. So yeah, you're gonna Troy. I gotta get you. You're gonna come up to the studio. We're gonna we're gonna kick it and we're gonna do it this year. So I'm I'm excited about that. That's gonna happen. So we'll we'll let the fans know when that's gonna go down. It's gonna it's gonna be a good one, man. It's gonna be a good one. Abs- for sure. Absolutely. And you guys, please make sure you stay tuned. If you're not following Dex, you see his ads on the screen already. I don't know what you're doing. You gotta follow him. You gotta check out his content. <laughs> Just type in Nick's. He's gonna pop up. That's what happens with me. He's gonna happen with you too. Shout out to the big man Dex. Doing big things, not only with SNY, New York Sports, CBS Sports, WFAN. I could keep going. It's everything. He's part of everything. (laughs) 
and he does it so well. Yeah, he's very busy. <laughs> Thank you, man. He does it so well. Thank you so much for joining the show. We will have you back on again, so don't worry. I see you guys yes, had sir. some questions. We will get to them next time. I promise you guys. Thank you so much for the support. Me and Dex, we're out of here.